passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith and welcome to Dirty Water, an hour of swinging discourse where facts are really yanked out of our kimonos. Today's guest on Dirty Water was an Australian child prodigy. His glittering teen career culminating in a movie in 2006 that was named after his signature double-grabbed air shove it. Or was it a board burial? Don't know, I'll ask. Our guest busted his legs three times, 2011, 13 and 15, and a week ago released his first major film in 14 years. It's named a tweak on that wild hillbilly branch of Protestantism with its baptisms, holy fire, speaking in tongues and imminent second coming of Jay-Z. Despite his years in the spotlight, our guest is only just on the other side of 30, is a daddy to a multitude of children, and still serves with an emphasis above the lip. He is, of course, Mr. Wade Goodall. All right. Welcome to Dirty Water, Wade. Thanks. Thanks, heaps. Welcome to Dirty Fucking Water. I can't believe we got you, to be honest. You now is the most famous surf celebrity on the entire face of the earth. <laughs> the most ridiculous statement I've heard in a while. I mean, it's true. It's all, I've, I've just had to talk about Pentecostal till my eyes are bleeding. It's all anybody wants to talk about. Well, that's just a big compliment, really. That's really cool. It, it has been super positive. It's like, um, yeah, it, it was just a, Bit of a trip really how it's all come together and how it, we had to launch it during this whole weird stuff and um and actually some of the feedback are like how it's made people feel um about surfing and feel better during all this weird stuff it's been like real cool what what would you have done without covid i mean did you have like a plan to like tour it and all that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah we were gonna party for a while that was gonna be fun we we're gonna do like a whole thing i, I don't know we because it was like the first full-length surf film I've uh, been a part of for a little bit. I kind of wanted wanted to go back and like bring it around to people. I always loved that growing up when someone put a movie on and like it would come to your place and just mix with normal, like not normal people, but mix with like people you wouldn't meet otherwise and like just show them your surf film. And I don't know. It's more, I guess it's like a, it was a little throwback because it's like long format surf it is a throwback. So might as well take it back to like actually preming with people and hanging out and having a few beers and talking surf because surf's pretty fun. Lots of people like it. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's been 14 years since your last um, feature film, Passion Pop 2006. 
Uh, I love passion. <laughs> and it's so, it's so, it's so, so rad much. because um, oh, I, 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 I had to check your age about four different times. I thought, fuck, you must be 45 by now. That's <laughs> <laughs> you barely, you barely, uh, you barely over thirty. You're only thirty-two or thirty-three or something. Huh? Yeah, thirty-three. I, I feel forty something <laughs> in the. <laughs> I got a skin check the other day, and I'm like mind blown. Like it, the exterior is looking that crook, but holding in there, <laughs> I definitely feel like Fashion Pop was like a thirty-year-old thirty years ago. <laughs> Somehow this whole pockets is holding in. You, used to get, you, see, you must have got a lot of people telling you to do a passion pop, huh? Not really. It kind of did, died, hey. I still, I still really saw people did. still trying them. Yeah, people are still trying them, but like, I don't know. I kind of like hid from it a little bit. It was such a whole weird thing. Like that video is like, looking back on your school shit, it's like so cringy. It's like a white big hat on, a bit crooked and stuff. And like, I'm like socially awkward as it is as like a full-grown man <laughs> so back in that, that time i was just like just blacking out mumbling utter nonsense so that's like so gnarly to look back on that thing oh it's a classic <laughs> a classic though monumental yeah. achievement passion pop so since we, since we got yeah. you um a passion pop because um, I'm not a skater, I, I sort of call it near shove it. Or is it a board burial? I don't get it. I don't know. I'm just a surfer, so I just it's just. Oh, you're a shove. you're a very you're a very good skater too, are you? No, no. I used to skate when I was young, but then I was never really that great. I just really liked it. I've always, and then like once I started to hurt my legs and stuff, I just can't can't do it anymore. I've got like no spring. I've just got metal legs, so <laughs> yeah. Are they? Are they are they titanium reinforced? What do you got in there? Yeah, I've got titanium from on my right side, my hip to my knee and my knee to my ankle. And then on my left side, my knee to my ankle. Titanium. Do you, do you feel like Wolverine? No. Nah. Nah. You kind of look like Wolverine I, though. Yeah, I'm pretty hairy, but that's that. <laughs> I feel like shit, basically. <laughs> uh, do you really do you really feel like shit that because you've broken your legs three times i think what 2010 11 and maybe 13. yeah and uh, so how does it feel like your legs now you constantly aching and if it was cold water do, do the things fucking throb yeah that's like a big thing people always hit me up like do you feel the cold and stuff but i don't like i'm pretty warm-blooded as it is so it only when the cold gets real deep like you know in a surf when you're in somewhere cold like san fran or or like anywhere thick wetties and you like start to get that deep cold where you start going numb and stuff. When I get that, I just don't defrost for like hours. But that's the only like, that's the only thing I've felt. I like don't set off alarms and yeah, I don't, I drink a lot of milk now because everyone tells me to do that because everyone's so smart. <laughs> make, make your bones strong. <laughs> yeah, this, I don't know. It's just like. You ever see a cow with a broken leg? Never. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, how did, so yeah. how, did you, how did you break your leg? Can you go through each break and explain how you broke your leg each time? Yeah, first one was just like a really small backside barrel and I was just all compressed on my front foot and it, and it bottomed out and then the shock wave shot up as I was leaning on my front foot and it just snapped my shin, uh, compound fracture. 
And then the next one was I jumped out of the lip on one and didn't penetrate properly and got straight back up into the, the lip and went over feet first into dry reef. Oh. And that one I felt my, um, my outside of my ankle got squashed up to my shoulder. So I got pinned like that and that snapped my, snapped my femur. And then the last one was just like a shit little jump I did. And I landed like kind of like tuck kneed as the backwash hit same time and just force on force snap my chin again Jesus, what's the what's the pain like that one where your ankle hit your shoulder yeah the femur was deep <sighs> really bad i think the first one was the gnarliest because it was probably snapped out of the skin and stuff and it was dangling like crazy and the movement was like really bad but the femur was just like this deep like constant pain um, did, did like did it make you think twice about taking off, or, or is it still in the back of your head, or no? Is it just is what it was? And yeah, yeah, totally. I like the first two. I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I'll still try shit. And then the third one, I've been kind of like, holy shit, I've been hurt for like twenty years. Like, <laughs> I kind of like surfing. <laughs> I want to keep doing it. I don't want to be like laid up anymore because it sucks. So like. I am a bit, um, bit more aware of it this time. Whereas the other time I was like, fuck it, I don't care. But now it's just like, oh, I might just not try this jump because I've got no speed. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah, it slowed me down a little bit this last time. For sure. it, it didn't seem to slow you down too much in uh, Pentecostal because it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a tube fest. For a wave to be tubing, it has to be fairly significant. <laughs> yeah well it's just like hunting good waves that whole time i like hadn't had a chance to film on anything for a while so i was like i really wanted to find the best waves possible in that like time frame and that ends up tubing a lot when you're looking at that kind of thing not really yeah. hunting like oh that's the most primo onshore i'm gonna fly <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna fly to the other side of the world for that like shop hop section there's a two-foot wind swell hitting Africa in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good for passion pops in Namibia next week. Hey, here's a, here's a funny little thing about passion. <laughs> this is a funny little thing about passion pops because in 2006, I had uh, Stab Magazine and we had, it on, we had it on the cover of the magazine. Yeah. Right? It stuck to the cover. So you bought the magazine for $7.50 and you get the right. passion pop for free. But there's yeah. a, and all the surf mags used to do it. But we had this, we had this sort of great confidence trick thing happening all the magazines did it so you'd have to because we were selling ads that were selling 30,000 mags or 40,000 mags everyone did but no one sold more than 10,000 mags so when a company wanted to put their dvd on the cover of your mag you had to pretend you had 30 or 40,000 mags so you would have yep. 30 or 40,000 dvds arriving at the printer and the printer would say fuck mate you're printing 7,000 mags what do, we, what do you want us to do with these 33,000 dvds and, and every, every magazine company used to have this system of how to incinerate the um, DVDs. No way. Because <laughs> yeah, so, you, you couldn't burn 30,000 at once because like, you'd set Melbourne on light or, or wherever you're, or Sydney, wherever your uh, magazine was getting printed. And I remember just this, these crates and crates and crates and crates of, of Passion Pop going up. That's insane. You've caused more carbon pollution than uh, Kelly Slater, mate. Yeah, all, uh, <laughs> all, that, 
the nonsense shove it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what about what about the Cosby? Oh, they have they they have a they because they have to burn um excess paper, I guess, in magazines. So what they do is they burn five hundred a day or something for um you know for, for just at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A romantic fire, passion pot. <laughs> the the fumes, the plastic fumes are beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's an aphrodisiac. It's okay. I remember uh, Rusty once they used to give their um all their movies to Waves, and that's like yeah. we have to give it to Waves. They're doing forty thousand. And we'd all work there and, you know, we're doing five or 10,000, whatever. So they were burning, um, I think, 60,000 DVDs a year if they were doing two DVD drops. <laughs> <laughs> glory days, man. The glory days of print magazines. That's such a cool insight. I never knew that. Everyone celebrates those times so hard, but um, when you find out the real deal, it's fun. It's great because <laughs> cause plastic, you have it's like vaping. Memory. It's like vaping. It's like down the track. <laughs> everyone, everyone got lung cancer from the free DVDs. Yeah. What about the uh, what about the Cosby? You still loosen the Cosby every now and again? What's that? That was the uh, the floater in Chop Hop Out, and there was a Beach Creek commentator, Mickey Buttonshaw, named it the Cosby because the waves think the wave thinks you're going to do an in- innocent floater, but you end up doing something ugly at the end, like a Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> so sinister. <laughs> <laughs> sinister man. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, still trying them. They're super fun. I just like trying that stuff on waves. Like, there's some waves and some sections that you can only do something stupid or something little like that. So, that's where like the passion bomb came from. And that's where that floater shove, uh, floater like Ollie out came from. It's like, what can I do on this section? I don't want to do a floater. <laughs> and then you think immediately, Cosby, Cosby. Here comes the Cosby. Yeah, I don't think I've thought about Cosby much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so, so talk to us about... My queen, uh, my from my childhood. <laughs> so talk to us about um, Shane Fletcher. You know, he's the, he, he made uh, Pentecostal with you. You guys are tight. What's yeah. the process? What was the vision? How did, you know, how, how did that come about? Because it cost you yeah. a bit of money. Yeah, did you, guys get, did you guys have a budget from Vans or did you have to pull from your own pocket? Yeah, no, it was Vans all the way. Um, we don't have pockets. um yeah it was it was kind of an independent idea like i just had the idea the aesthetics and like the just like a background art for it basically i was like i I just wanted to stay in oz and do this little poster up and it was that's where it came from and then i knew shane could um do it really really well because he's an amazing um filmmaker and he works real hard too um so i approached him with it before I approached Vans, just to like have like someone else ready to go and like a proven filmmaker and stuff. Um, because coming to Vans with it, just me, like who am I to ask for a budget for a major surf film? You know, like I've never done that in my life. So it uh it was it was much better with him on my side, um, and I wanted him to do it anyway. And then Vans just we sort of talked about it for a while and. Um, the more I talked about it, the more the plan came together and it just, they eventually said, yeah, let's, let's go for it and gave us a budge. And um, yeah, we did it. <laughs> Took was ages. The, what was the time, the time frame on it? And did you go over? We were gone for a year and then that whole year um, we didn't really get too many waves. Like I'm such a shit swell forecaster, really horrendous. And I just made a few mistakes and then, um, that kind of cost us and we got to the end of 
the period, like the budget and the time frame, and basically had two waves of Dane Reynolds that was worth <laughs> was up to the like level that I had imagined, you know. So it's like it's a two way video, but it's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Even in this day and age, it needs to be at least a minute and a half or something. So, we can like, but um, so like I just like nervously asked for an extension. And then um, the next year really came together. It was like, it went from really pushing shit uphill to like that P pass swell. And once we had that, it was just kind of like, this is such a good foundation. And, and every trip after that kind of came together. So it took, took about two years all up. Which, um, I mean, that's not bad though for, a, for actually location filming and all that. Two years seems pretty short. Yeah, we went pretty hard. Um, but yeah, it was it was a big learning curve, but it was really cool. So how did the uh, how did the budget thing work? Did you get a, a ton of cash, or not a ton of cash, but a relative ton of cash put into your bank account, and then you just kept spending it until it ran out, till the ATM card didn't work anymore, or did you have to save all your receipts and um, send them to vans and um, have the? Uh... Yeah, we was just we kind of like managed it. Um, on our ends and we were super careful with it and we didn't ask for much like we did it's it wasn't like a uh, i felt uh self-conscious to ask for too much because it was kind of a a um test in a way anyway of my capabilities in that kind of um, realm so like it wasn't like a psycho budget but it was like it was just enough and i i i ended up we both put a lot of our own time and money into it also just, just stuff, extra stuff that we just felt needed to happen. Um, that wasn't Van's uh, responsibility, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, we just micromanaged like our side of things and Shane's side of things, and then fans helped us out um, booking the flights and stuff. Like if we had to get Reynolds in and that. So, it's funny. It's funny. Van's now is is kind of become the bulwark of um, surf culture. That is so much great surf culture stuff. Yeah. yeah, the stuff with uh, Dylan Graves, the, the weird wave stuff, and uh, you know, now Pentecostal, they've sort of, before it was, you know, Quicksilver, Billabong, Ripcurl, whatever, but now Vans yeah. has become almost the number one surf brand. I think so too. Um, I think it stems to like the way they built the whole surf team. They came in late and then they, they built it on personality and, and, um, they weren't so much chasing the next world champ and stuff like that. And I feel like that builds personality and like a core love for the sport. Like if you look at everyone on the team, it's, they, they kind of just done their own thing forever and they're still doing it because I don't know, there's just something about them all like Nathan Fletcher, Dane Reynolds, like Dylan Graves, weird waves, the Goodangs. It's just like, we, we, uh, we just love surfing. Like, it seems like everybody sticks yeah. around forever too. I mean, it's not like the hot new signing and then whatever, three-year contract. I mean, it feels like everybody's been there for, I mean, you've been there for the last 50 years. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice feeling for sure. I haven't felt that in any other company, that they actually like you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever need to be liked, Wade? <laughs> And they're embracing it. <laughs> uh, it would help. It would definitely be nice. Um, but no, just like embrace, like a uh, supportive. Um, it's a whole. It's a real supportive place. 
and it's that's like that that's a productive place really and feels good is um, that is that because of van do you did you a van much pardon you deal with van much Pandora? yeah i see him around um i don't deal with him very much like we don't really have to it's just he, he's always at all the social events cooking up and and stuff like that. I don't know. I I, I just <laughs> I I'm not really a very upfront person in crowds, anyway. So I, I don't know if he's ever seen. Show you way. Well, I'm not as drunk anymore, Derek. <laughs> uh, every everything started without without booze, huh? Yeah, yeah. That was a bit of a bit of a uh, social social life. Uh, theory for me it worked for a while <laughs> <laughs> it worked on passion pop hey so in, um, in uh, Pentecostal, I, I, when i when we put it on beach grid i told readers to come for your uh, you know your wild takeoff into the tube on the on the opener and to stay for for reynolds as well backside hangers and brave little harry bryant's um indo beats and, and the fine soundtrack but for you what are what are the what are the big bangers in the film what should people look out for um i i uh, I always love Dane surfing. I think some of the jumps, he, like it's not, I know you've seen him at, um, at macaronis before and stuff, but I just never really get sick of it. Like when you're watching it, when you put the little, um, little markers in, in the clips and you said, fuck, that bit has to go there. That bit has to go there. Cause the takeoff was, yeah. was, a, was a, was a fundamental one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that session was really cool and really scary. And just like a bit of a goal to get waves at that place. Um, it was it was sick to see Harry in some bigger slabs and stuff because he's on his way up real hard and he surfs so so good in so many different conditions. So like after seeing him coming up on the Sunshine Coast as a little kid, bowl cut, and now he's like a mullet mullet like he rides he drives a speedboat with tribals on it and he has a mullet and he's like just charging and and he's like always on fire. And, in and out of the water, it's just like, it's real, it's so funny, the man he's become. And it was like such a blessing that the movie took an extra year because that's when they signed him. And I was like, well, that's just like such another um, amazing addition to the vid to have Harry. And I just tried to get as much camera, camera on Harry as I could throughout that process. So it's good to see a bit more broad, broad surfing of Haz. Um, and then, yeah, some good Dane stuff. And I don't know, I feel like everyone's pretty equal in it. It's just like, we just documented what we did. We just went on proper surf trips and hung out and it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't anything. Do you, do you sit in the Eta Bay, like as it's going or do you just get like rough cuts and then, and then opine on what you think? No, I sat there the whole time. Um, <laughs> Do you like the process of editing or is it just you want to pull your hair out? It's just, it's heaps I don't understand. Like Shane pressed all the buttons. I was just literally sitting next to him on a beanbag for like two months. But that was because I was like, I wasn't overbearing, but I was really clear with my aesthetic and I was, I, I, I had a real consciousness not to waste anyone's time. So that's why I spent so much time with him on like transition wise and, and stuff not running over and, and the music and the vision, like keeping people captivated. I works, we work so hard on that side of things, which I don't think has happened in a while um, in a surf vid, just not, not, 
not um, that people aren't doing good things. It's just like people are mainly doing like advertising or just surfing real good. No one's re really trying in that kind of aspect of filmmaking anymore. There's no budget and shit, mm. so how can they? And yeah, it's all pretty um pretty quick quick fire at the moment. So can you describe your aesthetic? Um, I wanted to, I wanted like real uh, Australian tones, like real deep greens and dark blues. And um, uh, I kind of got my color palette from, have you seen The Proposition? Yeah, yeah. The film With The Proposition? I actually, I actually interviewed Nick Cave about it years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, Maybe. yeah, in London. Name drop, oops. Sorry about that. I just dropped Nick's, Nick Cave's name into it. Sorry, spoke to Nick. Yes. He has a major part in this video as well, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> What's Nick Cave's part? Like, uh, the whole name came from um, his song, Brompton Obituary. Um, so he, say, he says Pentecostal in it. And it was just one of those moments, I don't know if you get them, but sometimes I hear a word and I have to like write it down and kind of like an idea offshoots off that. So that's where, that, that's where Pentecostal came from, was that Nick Cave song. Because Nick Cave loves fucking hillbillies and baptisms and holy fire and speaking in tongues and the you know imminent second coming of Jay Z. Yeah, I love dark Australiana. That's why I love Nick, and that's why I like have that kind of underlying theme throughout the whole video. Um, yeah, like I wanted a mix of like Australian cult cinema with with a color palette that matches like an updated camera, like um like the proposition and stuff like that. So. What's your favorite cult Australian film? Wake and Fright, um, feeling wise. I think that anxious nature of that film is just insane. I love when, um, I love feeling like bad stuff's gonna happen constantly and it doesn't. I think that's like, that's, that's like a, a big- That's a full snowball, that film, huh? Yeah, and that's a big part of traveling in like Outback Australia or anywhere like that. That, that um, underlying feeling is, it's pretty full on, like you drive through some places, you don't feel safe. That's like uh, in regards to like people and places, and, but also like some of the nature when you're out in the, yeah, like agoraphobic nature of Australia. Um, it's powerful and scary at times. So I wanted that underlying theme as well throughout the video. So like Wake and Fright, um, Walkabout, I really like Walkabout as well. Um, Picnic and Hanging Rock, a bit more traditional, but I like that one. Um, the Cars That Ate Paris, that's also another good one. And then there's like a lot like back roads and stuff that uh, is a lot about uh, the whole um, back relationship. Backroads back is a doozy. That's with Gary Foley, huh? Yeah, Backroads is amazing. I mean, there's a lot of that period that is, it's kind of like that period is like uh, the relationship between uh, white man and black man. There's a lot of that in that period. And then there's, and then the rest are kind of like, almost like the precursor to Mad Max vibe. That's like the Cars of Paris and that, that kind of thing. It's just like a good, it's just a real f funny time in cinema in Australia. I love, I love that you mentioned um, Walkabout because I can, I, can, um, I can push my book. I did a book on uh, David Galpalil. Yeah. So if anyone wants to get a book topia or a book depository, Galpalil by Derek Riley, 2995, hardcover, beautiful book. Talks all about Walkabout, all the secrets, Everything everyone has to know about Gulpalu and Walkabout. And for anyone yeah. who doesn't, for anyone who hasn't watched Wake and Fright, it's this classic uh, film set in Australia in 1971, made by I think a British director. 
or an American director, but it stars the, the great American actor Donald Pleasance and, uh, and a British actor Gary Bond and, and Jack Thompson. And it's a, it's a fucking wild story of a man who uh, is a school teacher in country Australia. And in back then in the, in the 60s, used to have to put a bond up of I think about 2000 pounds or something. And, um, and if you left the country, the shitty country town within three years, didn't get your bond back. And this guy's about to go on his summer holidays in Sydney, go to the beach and he gets stuck in this small country town, loses all his money. And then he tries, and he, cause he tries to win the bond money and he loses it and his life just goes to complete shit and he tries to kill himself. And there's a great scene where he, um, fuck, try, he fucks this chicken vomits on her. Remember that? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> It's like pretty crazy. That roo hunting scene, like that's real footage. Yeah, real footage. Um, proper um, proper yeah. roo hunters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything about that movie is crazy. Really and, it's, cool. and it's funny because in, in your travels for uh, Pentecostal, there's a part of Australia you go to which has fucking full wake and fright vibes, huh? Yeah. yeah there's a bunch. Um, I've, I've loved hanging out in those kind of places the last few years. It's been really busy. I, I like to come home and hang with my family and but the whole surfing scene on the east coast and stuff is getting a bit busy you can say um so i just like it tapping out um it's been a good few years of that and like i did a real conscious effort to start it because i like did indo since since passion pop <laughs> pretty much and that place is too much for me now too so it's probably getting old and it's probably like I feel like pretty content. Like I'm not, I'm not like frothing at the mouth for surfing as much. Like I'm, I'm quite content. Like I love to chase waves and get good waves and stuff, but I'm not like, I don't feel like I have to prove anything or like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I just don't like have a crazy fire anymore. So those kind of trips are better for me because I can just go and surf, get actually get waves. That's what that's the that's what I'm getting at around here. I can't really get that many waves because it's fucking it's really hot competition. Yeah. Do you got do you do you have uh, movie number two or the follow up to Pentecostal already brewing? No, not really. To be honest, um, that took it out of me for sure. It was it was so fun though, and at the end of it, like it's been so positive. But at the end of it, um, after seeing seeing every millisecond for so long, like getting so deep into um every aspect of it like i was just so desensitized and <laughs> I, I i just was not uh, i was proud to finish it but i wasn't sure if it was just boring or not but it's been um it's kind of been it's been really exciting since it launched and the positive um feedback and stuff how it's met, how many people have actually watched it and people that i know that don't even surf have watched it stuff like that so it's like it's cool that it's like it's branching out and like I, I, uh, I just don't know what's going to happen with all this um, pandemic and stuff. So it's really unsure times. I was pretty anxious at the start about it all and now it's kind of it's just a weird normality like at the moment with school's going back and we're surfing around here and filming a little bit but um, I don't know about international travel. I don't know. It's really unsure time, so I can't really plan anything. But I don't really have grand plans to become a surf filmmaker as much. Well, it's a cruel I, life. <laughs> yeah, I just ask, like ask Chaz about budgeting. I, <laughs> yeah, I just like creative, and 
I did that movie because I had an idea and I believed in that idea and um, fell in love with that idea. So that's why I went through with it. And that's like, I, that's what I try and do with everything. And that's, that keeps me learning, keeps me trying new things. And, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't wanna just, just do that again <laughs> right now. <laughs> I want to put some time back in with my family too. Like they were so supportive through that whole thing and having two kids and uh, being away so much and having my mind on that, that for so long, I kind of owe it to my family a lot too, to try and get some time back. Tell you, tell you what you can do. You can start writing about surfing. You can do that right from home. You can yeah, sit. Under- kind of- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen to me, man. It's a kind of a business. <laughs> oh. So what everything's do you th- hard. Yeah, everything's so hard. Everything, nothing, <laughs> everything's hard, but nothing's hard, mate. As long as you got um, sweet oxygen coming through your nostrils and and all your limbs are still attached to yeah. you, pretty good. Hey, um, so what what would you regard but as? Yeah. The, the I'm last not like part? I'm not like I'm not like fighting off. I'm not like uh, I'm not like putting the whole surf filmmaking to the side though. Like it's just uh, until I have something I believe in, I won't do it. So what was the last? Surf film release in uh, your opinion for me it was Dear Suburbia and, the, and it's kind of parallels between Pentecostal and Dear Suburbia and it almost feels like um, made by different people but it still has a, has a similar vibe has it you know has a sort of a, a darker vibe yeah going while still being very very surf yeah for sure and it's a good vibe <laughs> lots of places in that movie we went to as well um, King Island and stuff like that so um, definitely has parallels and Kai is an amazing filmmaker and yeah I think that it's been kind of he's been missed <laughs> lately so um, so do you think do you think Dear Suburbia was the last great film release before uh, Pentecostal I can't think I mean there's there's Reynolds and stuff which is amazing but yeah it's generally not long form not long form not uh, not without talking and stuff hey, I feel like a lot of the long forms in the last few years have been a lot of like maybe a sure sign that there hasn't been much going on. Hey, uh, hey, Wade, last time we spoke, um, you told me that uh, Chopi was your favourite wave. Is that still true? Yeah. No, probably not. I haven't been back there since, since the Billabong days, pretty much. Um, uh, so it's changed. I, I like P-Pass the most now. It have to be my favourite. Yeah, I think that's been my new favourite in the last few years. This is like... Um, had a good run really and i haven't really scored as consistently anywhere as that place lately so what thrills you about the joint i just like the island it's real piratey it's still pretty raw you can be a bit naughty um in a chilled way (laughs) i guess like you can there's like heaps of cocktails and bars and and you can get like joints and stuff and really fresh fish and it's just like a pretty cool um, vibe there. Um, and then the waves are just insane. I just like the fact that it's a, it's a perfect wave, but you also have to really surf it. You have to read it and attack it. So like some waves you could take off, close your eyes and get barreled the whole way. But then the next wave you'll have to like, it's like sprinting as fast as you can to jump on the back of a bull and then survive. Like, um, so it, it, it's just like, always interesting and every swell direction is different too so it'll do different things on the end um so it's just kind of a mix between like indo and australia it's like a perfect indo wave but uh 
some slabby elements mixed in. And it has the great, like, you has just great chip shot. Kettle it in the boat. It does. When it gets a bit bigger, it moves out to that um, rolling bit, and uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That gets like yeah on the on that west bowl, and when it gets big, it, it it's pretty much just the chip shot, which is like hard to hard to catch too sometimes. But it looks easy, but it's actually quite a quite a big big body of water. So it's like you've got to be in the right spot, especially because we ride. Well, I don't know about everyone, but I ride really small boards out there, like a six zero. No matter what, so um, you do tend to miss a couple, but on the way, it's, it's nothing feels better. Is there, um, have you had any interesting moments in the end bowl? Because um, it's a bit of a no man's land there if you fall off, huh? Yeah, you get pretty rolled for sure. Like every, every time being there, someone gets hurt. It's just like any wave that's like not a piece of piss. You just get rolled sometimes. <laughs> it's nice, I think. Like it's like this little swell that just hit East Coast. Like it's just so nice to get held down a bit. Or like just, just getting smashed is just as fun as like making waves sometimes. As long as you don't break yourself. It's like uh, that adrenaline. You don't get that much in day-to-day life. Another great thing about Ponape is you, uh, you, you, your Continental Airlines plane lands there. And the joint you stay at generally is about 200 metres from the airport, huh? Yeah, super close. They moved it around to the marina. I stay at Pompey Surf Club with Alois. Um, they moved it down to a marina, which is like super nice. And there's a sushi restaurant right there. But it used to be like literally you could walk off the, walk out of the airport straight to your cabin, like right next, they live next door. That was pretty funny set up. Yeah, I remember getting in a pickup, loading all the boards, all the bags, getting in the pickup and driving for about literally 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, the camp's moved a few times since then. It, it, it went in this other one that was like up a river and it was so dilapidated and sketchy and fallen down and it had this like hilarious sushi train at the bottom of it and stuff. That, was, that, that, was, that place was pretty cool. It, like, it almost felt haunted, but um, had some funny times there. But I think it fell down. <laughs> they got out just in time. It's all plush now. It's really nice right down on the river, right down in the jet, uh, marina. Um, oh, wow. really nice really high end compared to what you would have seen it's like crazy now really yeah it's nice. pretty it's pretty bush league and dirty when i was there but it was great you know it was, it was right it was on the, good yeah building the limestones yeah. and you know we'd always have fresh fish and and then uh, when i was there Josh I mean, when it comes, yeah when it comes down to it i'll sleep on the i'll sleep on the gravel to surf that place <laughs> <laughs> pretty much did in the early days huh yeah yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, in your, uh, in your travels, and you've surfed a lot of ledges and a lot of slabs, whatever, have you mm. ever truly believed you're about to die? No, I haven't got that, like, cut snake attitude, I don't reckon. Like, I, when I'm surfing waves like that, I'm, I'm like, uh, just scared. And, <laughs> and I'm looking for waves that I can make. I don't, like, I see people in, like, heavy waves and stuff that just go anything, and, like, I love watching that but I just have never really had that in me. I'm pretty selective. So I guess the ones that I go, I usually have pretty good confidence that I can make it. Are you, are you confident in your, your ability to make not anything, but almost anything? No, never have been. <laughs> I still go down, just, I still go for a surf every day, not knowing whether I could even surf like good today. I just have never really like been that in form or like consistent, I guess. It's just like, oh, see what today, what happens today, eh? I guess that's like, 
good part of like just not being a competitive surfer or like a high-end surfer you just like you're a bit normal or something i don't know i can't i've never looked at anything or and said like i can do that i just like go give it a go i don't have like that initial confidence have you, have you ever gone through periods where you've had these crises of confidence where you um just are convinced you can't surf anymore yeah for sure but then the next day will be different there'll be like a glimmer of hope and like, I don't know. I think I've been, that was more when I was young and I was like a bit more just gung ho, I guess. I just, I wanted to surf really good. And if I didn't, I had no reason why I shouldn't be like, I was like real mad that I, when I wasn't, but since the leg injuries and stuff, there's like so many periods, there's like really long, long periods of time where I could literally not do much. I could only do, I've, I've just, I'm real comfortable with like, if a day's not working out anymore, because it's just like, that's just the way it is, you know? <laughs> Can't does, it, does, it any... frust, does it frustrate you? Do you come home and go, fuck, I'm done? Yeah, for sure. I don't say I'm done, I just say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love surfing still. Like, it pisses me off to surf shit, but, um, but then like, it doesn't stop me from liking surfing. It's just like pissed off at yourself for a second. It's like, you're okay, go home. <laughs> do, do, you analyze home. do you analyze what went wrong? Do you go, fuck, if I just did that, maybe I'll... Um, I don't know. No, I just go on feeling, I don't know. I just take like each surf. There is shit I know now automatically because I've been doing it for so long, but it's not like, I'm not real analytical or anything. I'm still kind of just going with it. And seeing what happens i think that's maybe why i'm so inconsistent sometimes like i just don't give it much thought just try and um feel it do you um have you ever had a fear of do you have a fear of being broke being broke yeah, yeah for sure i um i support a family you know like i don't have a fear personally of family that's a big concern for sure because i was in food on the table um, so money is in my head came into play for sure. Do you, do you think about money a lot? I think uh, exactly the same amount as everyone else. When you're paying your bills every, every week and you, I've got to think about money, right? Fuck, it's a normal thing. But, um, yeah, I don't really stress on the future or whatever. It's just like, do what I have to do to support my family. So you, you moved from the Sunshine Coast to Byron, what, 10 years ago? It's just about seven. So you, so you would have seen a few, uh, a few changes in that, um, that old hippie town, huh? Yeah, well, I don't live in Byron. I live in Bangalore, so it's a bit different. Um, I would never live in Byron. I don't really, I like having it there, but I don't really like it as a whole. Um, it, 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 I, I, don't, I, didn't, I never saw it in those glory hippie days. It sounded pretty cool, but I don't think it's that at all. I think it's a whole new thing now. It's just pure tourists and backpackers now. Um, it's kind of the prices have gone crazy, so it's drove all the local kids out to the hills, and mainly everyone, everyone, um, all the originals are kind of in the hills now. Just like a little theme park in there, I guess. <laughs> so what's it? What's it like to go surfing in Byron Bay in two thousand and twenty? Um, pure novelty, really. I don't really surf in there much. I, I like, cause I'm up in the hill, I can get in the highway in two minutes and I'm either like up near Bruns or down Lennox Ballina. 
I don't regularly go into Byron that often anymore. It's just a bit crowded. I think the past is kind of fun to take the kids and stuff, but I, I really try and go surf places where there's no one. It's kind of scary though with the sharks thing and stuff. But I was going to say, do you ever bump into any great whites? Um, I've seen a few for sure. We got swirled by one the other day, but it's like, and then it's a weird comfortability. Like the, that first year when everyone was getting bitten and stuff, it was super, super angsty. Like it was so scary. Um, but now it's kind of like a bit of an adjustment. You're just kind of like super aware, um, trust your feelings and stuff. You know, when you get you're just out there and you have these gut feelings sometimes, you're like something, I kind of listen to that a lot. And I am, yeah. But still like it's, I'll still go surfing in the middle of nowhere um, by myself, but it just doesn't doesn't feel that comfortable for sure. But it's better than getting snaked. <laughs> <laughs> so what what happened the other day? Uh, oh, we just had a thing. I was with Conor O'Leary and another guy Shags from Ballina, and it was it's been really fishy, and just the three of us kind of paddled out in a triangle. Um, and it's this big swirl just came in between us. Um, just, yeah, big movement. One of the scary points. <laughs> it's like when you don't see it, that's, that's not that cool. But um, it's just been so much fish activity lately. It's like, feels like it's coming into a time when uh, hopefully nothing happens, but we might, we might start seeing some action. It's rad the, um, because the, they had the smart drum lines, I think from Evans Head to Ballina. And yeah. uh, Lennox maybe and uh, and the and the fisheries department uh, tagged three hundred and thirty one great whites I think in six or twelve months. Yeah, it's ridiculous, eh? That's a lot of lot of big ships cruising around, huh? Yeah, that's the day to day. Yeah, it's a pretty critical bathtub at the moment. <laughs> so um, just to finish up. Um, so Pentecostal Pentecostal is um, sort of one of the coolest things in, in surf right now. But to you, what's the coolest fucking thing in, in surfing right now? It's a hard thing, eh? I don't feel like connected to surfing as a whole. It's, it's like there's so many little things, but there's no like standout cool thing. The, it's surfing is so big. It's crazy now. And there's so many different kinds of people doing it that there's like good points and everything and there's bad points and everything. Um, uh, I've been really digging, like, I guess how proactive a lot of people have been about um, standing up for the environment. Um, I've, I've seen a huge shift in it being like anyone that did it is a fucking hippie and and whatever. Like, you know, that whole, like, doesn't affect me, doesn't worry me. Like, I feel like that mentality has gone and it's more like there's like a lot of people standing up for whether it's like drilling in the bite or that development down Manana or just a real coming together of, um, of people just saying like, nah, this, this shit isn't cool. And, uh, yeah, the whole, um, the whole surf community as a whole has started to stand up for a lot of things. And I, I've been digging that for sure. But then like, uh, fuck, what else? I don't know, I just feel a shift. This is gonna be crazy to see what comes of this whole thing. Surfing was like so world tour orientated for the last few years. 
And without that happening this year, um, it's just going to be interesting to see. And that's why it was such a blessing to be able to do this film just before all this is because hopefully it inspires people to like start trying that kind of filmmaking again, because growing up surfing, watching films was like every afternoon and all those films were celebrating surfing, not individuals. They were celebrating surf travel with your buddies and stuff instead of like a marketing campaign LinkedIn, you know, like I, I really would love to see a resurgence of that kind of thing rather than, um, rather than, well, not even rather than anything. I just would like to see more pure surf films. So hopefully um, some people have the time now to go do that because there's people not in the world tour, all the best surfers. They've, um, they're the ones with the budgets. They're the ones that with the talent. So hopefully we can see some, some people branch out and go out of their norm and um, try. Cause like, how good was it? I don't know growing up to see like all videos with Tom Carroll and stuff like the best of the best were the ones making the films. Um, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it go back to that for sure. All right, mate. Thank you for your, uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.